Oh, Christmas tree, oh, Christmas tree. Well, November's not even near over, but already the Christmas tide is flowing. Rockefeller Center's already revealed their tree will be on display through the season. I, for one, think it's never too early to celebrate. It used to be that you had to wait until after the American Thanksgiving was over for decorating for Christmas, but those days are gone. The day after Halloween, Starbucks had already converted their stores into Christmas mode, or holiday mode as they like to say. Rockefeller Center has already unveiled their tree as well. A 12-ton behemoth from upstate New York, standing 80 feet tall. For the rest of the season, it'll loom over the center including the ice skating rink that's ever popular this time of year. Early? Maybe. But I think our world needs a little more of Jesus. It's never too early to celebrate the birth of our Savior to the world. The gospel saves, both now and forever. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And here on this Thursday, we're still in a series that we're calling Johnny Cash Out of the Darkness. All this week, we've been looking at stories from the New Testament that look at the great theme that there is no one too far gone to meet the Lord. God saves at the right time. And in our eyes, it might seem at the last minute or just in the nick of time. But in God's eyes, it's the perfect time that was planned from all eternity. And this theme of salvation at just the right time comes when we look at the life of Johnny Cash. Got up next morning and I grabbed that gun Took a shot of cocaine and away I run Made a good run but I run too slow They overtook me down in Juarez, Mexico Johnny Cash singing at Folsom Prison after his conversion to Christ. And though that song, Cocaine Blues, is not necessarily autobiographical, he was indeed someone who was strung out on drugs. He was even caught at the U.S.-Mexican border with pills. In the 60s, he was one of the most famous singers and songwriters in the world. But he couldn't keep up with the fame and the travel and all those drugs. Come on, you gotta listen unto me. John R. Cash came to the end of himself in October of 1967. His, his addiction had really wore him down. My mother had told him that she wouldn't talk to him. Uh, she wouldn't spend time with him. He was at a point where, where she had had no choice if, and, and she had shut him off. He is in Chattanooga, Tennessee. When his lawyer calls, and tells him that his divorce was finalized. She remarried just a week later. He was full of despair. His life was seemingly in shambles. His addictions had taken their toll on his career, his body, and his family. He was estranged from his kids. That was a short excerpt from the new film called Johnny Cash, Redemption of an American Icon. Johnny thought 
getting out of the limelight might help him find meaning in life. So he, he went and walked into a cave outside Chattanooga, Tennessee. And he crawled back as far as he could go. Nickajack, I think was the name. Until his flashlight ran out of battery. And little did he know that God had a plan for him. And then the pastor of the church he attended led him to faith in Jesus on a Sunday morning. In a moment, we're going to hear another just-in-the-nick-of-time story from the New Testament. Just before Jesus ascended to heaven, he reached out to the Apostle Peter, who had denied him three times. The Apostle was wounded, even isolated, perhaps seeming too far gone to be used again by his Lord, but no one is ever too lost for Christ. Stick around. Let's be encouraged by God's Word together. And after the program, I want to send you a copy of Johnny Cash, Redemption of an American Icon, for your gift to this listener-supported ministry. Let me just mention, a friend of mine is getting a copy of it, and he's going to be sharing that with his men's Saturday morning breakfast prayer meeting, Bible study. What a great idea. And we had somebody last week get in touch with us and want 20 copies to give away. It's a movie that's full of excerpts from Johnny's songs and life, but more importantly, this story will give you hope to keep on praying for people in your life who might seem too far gone. And let me say thanks to everyone who's ordered this DVD already, or multiple copies. The response has been overwhelming. We've had trouble keeping up with the phone calls. We can't thank you enough. So why don't you get in touch with us after the program? Call 800 65 Haven, 865 Haven, or come to our website and watch the trailer of this documentary. But then make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. Coming up, we're going to hear another late in life conversion to Christ. He was an abusive man who lost his family, but the Lord used his ex wife to bring him to faith in Jesus. But first, let's open the program with No More by Josh Wilson. Oh, I know it all too well, every inch inside this cell. I'm a prisoner of the choices I regret. But the debt's already paid, and the bail's already made. So why do I keep coming back again? God, I'm done with holding on The sins that you have saved me from I'm ready to let go of who I've been No more guilt, no more shame No more thinking I can't change Who I was is dead and gone Who I am is moving on Saved by grace, held by love Because of what your cross is
This is Haven Today, Johnny Cash, Out of the Darkness. We're calling the program the same name that we've been calling it the last number of days. That was Josh Wilson and his song called No More. Well, in just a moment, we're going to look at the last-minute outreach that Jesus made with Peter. It's recorded at the end of John. But first, I want you to hear about a man's late-life conversion to Christ as shared by his ex-wife, Kathy, you heard me right, ex-wife, who lives in Washington State. My ex-husband dictated his story for me to read, how God changed my heart in my 60s when most told me it was impossible. My background included daily abuse by my father. I got married at 18. I lived 38 years of my life trying to be a better man. However, I was abusive to my family. God was not in charge, and I was trying to do things on my own. We even were involved in church. At age 32, I received a traumatic brain injury, which almost killed me. I literally lost a fourth of my brain. My wife and I were married 14 years and had three sons. I had even more trouble controlling my anger due to the injury, and after nine more years, my wife and sons left me. I moved to be near my family as I was afraid I would hurt my wife. I remarried. After 10 years, I didn't, still didn't change because I was trying to change myself. At 15 years, my second wife left me. The brain injury really complicated my life, but one day... I asked God to show me what I was doing wrong, and I started reading my Bible daily. And suddenly, God began to change my heart. I started to feel his love. Then, to my surprise, my youngest son invited me to his wedding. I hadn't seen any of my family for a very long time. I noticed at the wedding, my first wife was different spiritually. We started some contact, and one night while on the phone, God showed me a two-hour remembrance of how I really had been bad. And I sincerely apologized to my wife and sons, and praise God they forgave me. My first wife and I began to pray on the phone. God started to change my heart slowly but surely. A year ago, I had a big breakthrough with my Christian counselor and realized I needed to quit blaming others and own my past wrongs. This made a big difference in my relationships, and I'm becoming a new man through God's help. And when almost everyone said it was, this was impossible because of my abuse, brain injury, and bipolar, the Holy Spirit is living in me, and Christ is always there to talk to, and He always provides me with the answers. I want to encourage anyone who feels hopeless and they can't change, that if you ask God to change your heart and hear Him through reading His Word, He can change you too. It's never too late. Kathy Schisler from Washington State. So wonderful to hear how Christ was at work in your family and in your ex-husband's life. Thanks so much for sharing with us here on Haven Today. The Apostle Peter almost had a too-late story. And praise the Lord, it wasn't. He was always the first one to speak up, always the first to act. Remember, he's the one who cut off the ear of one of Jesus' arresters. Peter is presented as a little overzealous at times, a little too quick to speak, and he suffered, like many of us, from the fear of man. When Jesus was arrested, Peter had an opportunity to stand with his Lord, but because he was afraid of what might happen, he denied even knowing his Lord. All of the gospel accounts tell this story, but I want to focus in on the account by John. Let's hear it together. John 18, verses 15 to 18, and then I'll pick up a couple of verses later. Simon Peter and another disciple were following Jesus. Because this disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the high priest's courtyard, but Peter had to wait outside at the door. The other disciple, who was known to the high priest, came back, spoke to the servant girl on duty there, and brought Peter in. You aren't one of this man's disciples too, are you? She asked Peter. 
And he replied, and I guess I could say he lied, and said, I am not. It was cold, and the servants and officials stood around a fire they had made to keep warm. Peter also was standing with them, warming himself. And now on to verses 25 and 26. Meanwhile, Simon Peter was still standing there warming himself. So they asked him, You aren't one of his disciples too, are you? And he denied it, saying, I am not. One of the high priest's servants, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, challenged him, Didn't I see you with him in the garden? And again, Peter denied it. And at that moment, a rooster began to crow. Now, here's this scene. Predicted by Christ before it happened. Peter, the boisterous one, had just been telling Jesus before that he would never leave him. And instead of becoming angry and rebuking him, remember Jesus looked at Peter and said, before the rooster crows, you will certainly deny me. Jesus knew it was going to happen, and it did happen. That rooster began to crow, and immediately Peter was reminded of what he had done. The other Gospels tell us that at that moment, Peter went outside and wept bitterly. But I wonder if you caught it. I didn't catch it for a while. Peter's life wasn't in danger. Sometimes we read the story and we think if they knew who Peter was, he would probably have been beaten and killed as well. But the text tells us that the other disciple with Peter, probably the Apostle John, was able to enter the high priest's house because he knew him. The high priest knew who John was, and John was able to get Peter access. Peter was not just asked, are you one of his disciples, by the woman outside. He was asked, aren't you one of his disciples too? Well, that means that this woman knew that John was a disciple of Jesus. What's my point? The point is that Peter's denial is even worse than we thought. His life was not on the line. His well-being was not in danger. He was just embarrassed and scared to own up to knowing Jesus in public. This is uncoerced betrayal. And maybe like me, you've done it as well. Maybe you go to church but secretly don't believe anything you hear. Believe me, we all have some of Peter in us. And for Peter, this could have been the end. Remember, Jesus had told his disciples, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my father. Well, Peter had just denied Christ. By rejecting Jesus, he put himself in danger. If Peter were to receive what he deserved, he would have been denied before his heavenly father. And that means he would have been told, depart from me rather than enter into rest. It looks like it was too late for Peter. But thankfully, it wasn't the end. And after Jesus rose from the dead, he and Peter had a little talk. Here it is in John 20, starting at verse 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he answered, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, Take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him three times, Do you love me? 
He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Peter had denied his Lord. He had excluded himself from Jesus' circle of friends. Jesus had every right to reject Peter. But the grace of the Lord broke through. And instead of denying him, Jesus welcomed him. It might seem like Jesus is interrogating Peter, but he's giving Peter an opportunity to say what he should have said. He's telling Peter it's not too late. That's what we need to hear. It's not too late. Have you rejected Jesus? Have you denied knowing him because you were embarrassed or scared? I have. And like Peter, I've been brought to tears for my unbelief. Maybe you have as well. If that describes you or someone you know, it's not too late. Jesus stands ready to forgive and welcome you back in, just like he did for Peter. How do I know this? We can be confident because 1 John tells us if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He died for Peter. He died for you, and he died for me. It's not too late. I couldn't manage the problems I laid on myself. And it just made it worse when I laid them on somebody else. So I finally surrendered it all brought down in despair I cried out for help and I felt a warm comforter there and I came to believe in a power much higher than I I came to believe that I needed help to get by. In childlike faith, I gave in and gave him a try. And I came to believe in a power much higher than I. It made me feel twice as alone Then I cried, Lord, there must be a sure and easier way For it just cannot be that a man should lose hope 
every day And I came to believe In a power much higher than I I came to believe That I needed help to get by In childlike faith I gave in and gave him a try Then I came to believe In a power much higher than I Yes, I came to believe In a power much higher than I Last week we heard a version of this song with a younger Johnny Cash singing and the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra behind him. But there is something so powerful about this version recorded not too long before he died. It's simply called I Came to Believe from his American Five album. And this is Haven Today. You're in a series called Johnny Cash Out of the Darkness. And at the beginning of our time together, we heard about the new documentary showing how Johnny came to know Jesus. Johnny Cash spent the early years of his career squandering his talent with pills, drugs, alcohol. He gained a reputation as a womanizer. His first marriage fell apart, but God's grace changed it all. Christ Jesus reached out to him. And Johnny Cash grew a heart for sharing the hope of Christ with others. I want you and those you love to experience the life and conversion of Johnny Cash in the new documentary of his life. And yes, this film was made by the creators of Steve McQueen, an American icon that we offered a few years ago. So for your gift to the ministry, we'll send you the DVD called Johnny Cash, The Redemption of an American Icon, This film was one of the best feature-length documentaries I've seen. It's full of images, full of music from his career. I enjoyed hearing from some of his children as well as his sister. But what was most important, I gained a new appreciation for Johnny's life and his faith in Jesus. And I think you'll be encouraged to see how God gave a broken man a second chance. Come to our website And watch the trailer for the documentary there at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Or call us right now to make your gift and ask for the DVD at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. And just a note, you can't find this DVD on Amazon or other online stores. And let me just mention... Why don't you pray before you call or pray before you go online? Who can I share this with? Maybe get an extra copy and send to them. Or maybe invite some people over. Serve them dinner. Serve them popcorn. Enjoy the movie. And meet up with Jesus at the very same time. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When together again, we'll share the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. 
for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus. I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Remember these lyrics? Let there be peace on earth, and let it begin with me. A classic song with a heartfelt message, enough hatred and enough fighting. Let's be people of peace. And it's a good message. We could all stand to be more loving and caring to those around us, but we also can't lose sight of what Jesus said while he walked the earth. In Matthew 10, 34, do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. He wasn't calling for war. He was calling for decisions. His gospel divides the world like a sword. We are restless, striving until we find Christ. Spend more time with Jesus. Visit GetAnchored.com.